Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Chuck. Just kidding. I'm Charnel. And I am Amber Keeney. <laughs> yes. That's so good. Uh, throwing it back to the old childhood nicknames. nicknames. Yeah. True story. I did sign an email to our Patreons recently with our oh, childhood it, nicknames. I appreciated that so much. So we should make it a thing. We but should. Anyway, hey, everybody. Welcome to Crime Curious. And we are finishing up Love Stinks Week. You brought Love us a... Stinks. Oh, my case was... was Horrible. Stinky. It, it really it was. really was. It was tragic all around. Mine is going to be a little bit different. Sometimes we like to shake things up a little bit around here, and I'm going to bring us an unsolved mystery, maybe a murder, maybe not. Oh, it, I like I like those are among my favorites, and I can't take credit because thank you to our listener yeah for the recommendation. She wrote us on Instagram. I had a wonderful conversation with her. So shout out to her. Thank you for recommending this case. It was awesome to research. And just so you all know, you can send us case suggestions. Send us brain baths. If you have your own personal brain bath, we would love to read them. Crimecurious at yahoo.com. You could join our Patreon to help support our podcast and get more of us. We have very reasonable prices. We do. Great prices. That is CrimeCuriousPatreon.com. So, yeah, we just wanted to throw all that out there. And now now back to our regular (laughs) scheduled programming. I'm going to talk to you today about the total disappearance of William and Margaret Patterson. Oh. A couple. Just unsolved. These are just so, they always fascinate me. Like, how does this happen? No one knows. Like, how does one person disappear? But this is two, and they were a couple, and it's the reason that I included it in Love Stinks Week is because there's a little bit of spicy sauce here. Oh, it might. I like a little kick to my uh, crime, my sauces, <laughs> and my crime. So that it might be an explanation, but all we've got are just theories. But I'm gonna give you the deets, and you guys decide for yourselves what you think is really happening. This case actually took place in 1957. So it has been unsolved for 64 years. If my rudimentary math education is correct, and I wouldn't guarantee it. I will not be looking into that because my math skills stop at about the third grade. Yes, as do mine. That's why I went into the social sciences. Thank you. Same, same. So let me give you some important background on the Pattersons. They lived in El Paso, Texas. At the time of their disappearance, William Durrell Patterson was 52 and his wife Margaret was 42. They seemed like a very typical couple. By appearances alone, it would appear that they did very well for themselves financially. Okay. They owned Patterson Photo Supply and were really well liked by neighbors. In addition to their photo supply business, they also owned a really nice house, a boat, a Cadillac, stock in a boat company, and property in Mexico. Oh, so they were doing well. Yes, which, I mean, I don't know a lot about a photo supply business, or especially not one in the 1950s, but I'm just wondering, is it typical for them to have all those assets off of just a photo from, supply business that they, they, they both worked at. It's not like Margaret had an outside job. Like they both worked this business. I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah. So William and Margaret were actually both really tight-lipped about their childhoods, except they did mention several times that they had come from a rough upbringing. So William hailed from Chicago, where he once worked as a carnival barker. Oh, okay. Tell me more, please. (laughs) I would love to because I was like, does this literally mean that he barks at a carnival? Like, was he in the one of the show people, you know? No, I couldn't really find much more information than that. Just to say that he was so he was a carnival worker. I I was just going to say, is that the fancy version of? Yes. Carney. Yes, it is. 
you know, I don't want to judge, but that's their nickname. That, that is what people have labeled them before. So, yes. Hey, we got to start somewhere, right? So and that's there, where he started. There is where he started. Um, Margaret's parents were divorced. Excuse me. Margaret's parents disapproved of William as a potential son-in-law, which, I mean, you know, your your daughter brings home a carny. I kind of get it. I'm not going to poop. <laughs> You're like, I, I don't love it. No, I'm not going to poo-poo them for that because, like, okay, all right, all right. It's your child. You want the best for them. It, I get it. That's exactly where I'm going with this. They actually demanded that Margaret choose between William or them. Wow, I didn't see it going that far. It escalated pretty high, yes. I'm sure this doesn't surprise anyone because we usually when you put that, it's either your family or your boy toy. What do you think Margaret chose? She chose she, her man. She chose the carny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the carny always The wins. carnival barker won. Basically, she became completely cut off. From her family. Oh, but man, that sucks. I know. Margaret's friends later told police that she would not tell them her birthday, exactly how long she and William had met, or how long they'd been married. Okay. Wow. They also told police that Margaret was thought to have had a pretty significant drinking problem. So here we have this mysterious couple. That people are like, yeah, we know they had a bad childhood, but uh, we really don't even don't know, know, like, when was she born? How long have her and and um, William been married? So nobody What's their knew life like? anything about them. No, not in El Paso, Texas, of their friends, anything like that. I will say that after the disappearance, they were able to track down Margaret's family. Okay, I'll, let me tell you a little bit about her. She'd been raised on a farm near Owensboro, Kentucky. Uh-huh. She was one of seven children, but she left home at a really young age because that's when she met William. Okay. And we know that at one point in time, she worked as a hostess at Hotel Vendome in Evansville, Indiana. And after her marriage to William, she cut herself off from her family. And so... By 1957, they hadn't heard from her in over 20 years and had actually assumed she was dead. So I'm pointing this out because of some of the theories that we'll get to later. We really don't know a whole lot about their relationship. So this is so fascinating to me. It's like there's just not... Nobody knew them deeply. Right, exactly. After, and they, you know, they met in childhood. We know that from Margaret's uh, family. She left home at a young age. So she's estranged from them from an early, early age because she's 42 when she disappears. Her family hadn't heard of her since, heard from her since she was 22. So, but she left home. No contact at all. No, like, they thought she was dead already. Oh, like wow. they thought that she was dead in that time frame of the And they never years. decided to chalk it out or. Well, the resources aren't available back in that day, if you true, think about true. it. True, true. Yeah, it wouldn't have been easy to probably... Right. And since, you know, obviously the police doing their investigation, they figured out how old William and Margaret were and all those things. But these just are, this is how closed off to their friends, people they considered their friends, on details of their life that mm-hmm. they really were. But her own family, they were both estranged from their family, so their own family really didn't even know that much about them. I'm going to get into a little bit about a few nights before their disappearance. The Pattersons invited the wards, who were owners of the Ward Motor Clinic. So they owned like an auto repair shop. The wards did. Uh huh. They had um, the wards over for dinner. After the meal, Cecil Ward accompanied William into the garage to help him apply acrylic to a boat that he had in the garage. In that meeting, the Pattersons, through that dinner, the Pattersons never mentioned to the wards that they're like going on a vacation or anything like that. So that's why I'm bringing this up. Now, Margaret and her husband, William, were last seen at their residence at 3000 Piedmont Drive in El Paso, Texas on March 5th, 1957. A neighbor came to their home to offer them some Girl Scout cookies that same day on March 5th. This is the last person to see them at their home. Okay. Okay. A neighbor had come to offer them some Girl Scout cookies and noticed, took note that Margaret appeared to be very like upset and anxious and William seemed unhappy that she was over there trying to sell the Girl Scout cookies at that time. On the morning of March 6th, 1957, Cecil Ward, now remember, Cecil had just had just a couple of nights before 
uh, March 6th, had just had dinner with the Pattersons. Okay. Okay. So he opens his automobile business and he was met by a curious sight. William Patterson's Cadillac was in the driveway of his motor clinic because he called it Ward's Motor Clinic. Oh. And a man named Doyle Kirkland comes into Ward's Auto Shop. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Doyle Kirkland. Doyle Kirkland is also friends of the Pattersons, okay, or a friend of the Pattersons, but he managed Duffy Photo Service, which literally the- was in direct competition to the Pattersons' oh. photo supply business. Okay. But the businessmen were both really close friends. Like the town knew that Doyle and William owned competing businesses, but were friends, really great friends. So, so it's it not never an influenced issue. their friendship, really. No, no, that they were competing competitors with one another. Obviously, Cecil Ward is like, hey, what you doing with William's car? Right. And Doyle Kirkland just completely brushed it off. He's like, ah, I helped William work on his boat last night. And he said that he was going on a little vacation. So he wanted me to bring this in and have you fix a few problems on the Cadillac. So Ward's like, that's weird because I just had dinner with them a couple of nights ago and they didn't mention anything about going on a vacation. And if he wanted me to fix his Cadillac, why didn't he just say it then? Yeah. Okay. That is a little odd. Yeah. So this concerned Cecil Ward. So he called the police. When they arrived at the Patterson house to do a welfare check. I have to say kudos to Cecil. Yeah. Like right away, like this is suspicious. Like, We're looking like into that's it. That's a friend, right? Because yeah. you see so many people like, okay, that's weird, but I'm yeah, going but about whatever. my day. All right, I guess I'll just fix this Cadillac that Doyle dropped off. Right. Yeah. When they arrived at the Patterson house, they found the house in complete disarray. Something you should know about Margaret too is that she was an immaculate housekeeper. So the house would not have been that way. There was never anything out of place at her home. So dishes from the previous night's meal were stacked in the kitchen sink. Piles of expensive clothing were on the bed, which they're like, okay, just in a pile, like stacked up on top of each other in a pile. Also, it should be noted that there was a bunch of expensive clothing, including a fur coat at the cleaners that went unclaimed with no instructions, no storage instructions, which if you have a fur coat, there's like specific storage instructions. And so if you drop something off at the cleaners and you know that you're not going to be able to pick it up, you would, at that time, you would leave instructions. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, I'm not going to be able to come back and pick this up. This This needs to be stored. Yes, yes. You know, 60 degrees Fahrenheit all times, that sort of thing. Yes. Whatever. With the the pelt only going upwards. Whoops. And I hit my 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 remote, my microphone as I'm... Isn't it amazing? Petting my fake fur coat in front of me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that there would be so so many instructions for an animal um, Carcass? Skin. Yes. Ugh. It's kind of morbid. Yes. Yeah. It really is. It is. And I don't know if any of what I just said is actually true for <laughs> I was buying it. I'm like, was, yeah, 60 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Pelt up. Pelt, yeah, pelt I mean, upright. It just, if I had a fur <laughs> Do coat. Do you have a fur at home? I don't. I don't. But if I did, it would really annoy me if my fur was going in multiple directions. Oh, yeah. You would so. want a smooth pelt yes. on your back Absolutely. when you're walking around. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't want a crazy, you know, disheveled look. It cannot look. be willy-nilly. It must be. This is probably why I wasn't born an animal with a bunch of fur. I would have been <laughs> nar- just completely neurotic. I would have a comb for it yes. so I could just, like, brush my back Back down. in my Viking days, that's how I liked to wear my pelts. Thank you. Pelt down. <laughs> so Good stuff. Um, the, that's so odd. So did yeah. they know? Okay. So did they know that the, those things belong to, to the Pattersons or were they yeah. just random cle- cleaning stuff that was left there? No, they at knew the, like at the cleaners. Yeah. Yeah. They knew that it was, they oh, were the okay. Pattersons. Mm-hmm. I just, I thought. Because news spreads that they're missing and they're like. Well, they had this dry cleaning. Right. Too. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was just a connection of like, well, we found this weird stuff randomly that right. we thought maybe belonged to them. Or... No, no, they, they knew. Gotcha. The other curious thing is that none of the utilities had been disconnected and the newspaper and mail were still scheduled for delivery. So if you also, also, the family cat, Tommy, who Margaret was said to be very devote to, was just eerily walking around. Oh, Tommy. Yeah. Tommy the kitty cat. 
So Tommy looked just like, like he was just kind of wandering. Yeah. He's just wandering around like, well, life is, life is a cat. <laughs> Here I am being a cat. Which... <laughs> Don't mind me, I guys. I'm just I mean, being a cat I'm over sorry, here. Amber. I didn't look too much into the I cat. I need more about the you? cat. <laughs> All I know is that it was definitely being what living is its Tommy's cat life. middle name. I need to know. <laughs> well, interestingly, though, it was said, and I thought I should probably include it, that there was rumor that they fed the cat caviar. So Tommy was oh, well fed. Okay, so Tommy is fancy. Yes, he is a fancy cat. I picture him walking around with like the tail little tail up and a monocle. Oh, yes, the monocle. Uh-huh. Right. And <laughs> he's probably like tail, what of course. are you common people doing in my home? That's pro- he was probably judging them when they came in like why yeah. are you in my home? Right. In those uniforms. And I like how I tell you I didn't look that much into the cat. I have much more information on the cat. <laughs> I just didn't want to sound too crazy. But And here I am over I here, your I... crazy counterpart. Like, tell me more about Tommy. Just wait for it, okay? Because okay. it, it's well placed. I shall uh, sit back and <laughs> shut my mouth. But it was just, I just realized that I was like, well, I didn't look too far into the cat. And then I'm like, shit, Charnel, you actually do have you more have... on that cat. <laughs> You have his whole history. Uh, so besides his name being Tommy. Th- so that's the other thing, though. They're like, he did. they didn't. Margaret loves this cat. And she didn't make arrangements for him if they were on vacation. Oh, absolutely. Why is Tommy just sashaying around like all is good with his monocle? Rubbing his buttocks amongst the on furniture. Their, on their ankles. Yeah. They're <laughs> weaving in between like an asshole <laughs> in between their legs. No, that's a legit concern because my furs would never just be on of course accounted for like that is oh I'm going on a trip by the first clue to me that you have been human napped yes is if your babies are just wandering around your house and no one has seen mm-hmm. you in a while yeah because number one yeah get the the police involved if that I'm, ever happens I will and I'm I'm gonna sound crazy because I'm gonna be like. Her dogs are just in her house. Do you not understand what this means? Her car is gone. She's the dogs made, are alone. She's made no arrangements. Yeah, okay. that, I mean, that would be a number one it sign, would. though, for me. The night before, before their disappearance, neighbors had noticed some unusual activity at their home, and they apparently left, like they thought that William and Margaret had left during the night or possibly very early the next morning. So, you know, I mean, neighbors get a little bit nosy, but they're not necessary. It sounded like they weren't like paying so much attention that they could be like, I saw him pull sure. out of the, you know, driveway. It was just like, yeah, there was, there was some activity over there and it seemed as though they left in the middle of the night. That's that's, yeah. that's what we've gathered. A healthy, mm-hmm. noticeable neighbor, not right. like Karen Correct. with the binoculars. That's right. The wards later told police that neither William nor Margaret mentioned any travel plans when they had had dinner with them just a few nights before. This is where I get to the weird factoid about the cat. After, like, nobody really made arrangements for caviar-fed Tommy, so he went missing for more than four months. (gasps) Tommy! Yeah. Like, I don't know if during the investigation on the house they left a door open and Tommy escaped or what, But he went missing. And then when someone else had reoccupied their house, he reappeared in the home, at the home, all malnourished and filthy. Oh my God. Poor Tommy. They're slumming on the street. He was to survive. That makes me so sad because it's like he didn't know what else to do. Right. He was living on caviar dreams. That's right. And then just plummeted to his lowest low. He's out there selling drugs on the streets. He was. He was doing unsavory kitty things. But he still, that was his home. So he came came back. My heart. And he was malnourished and filthy. Poor Tommy. Poor Tommy. I know. I'm so sad for him. Yes. Oh, yeah, the missing couple. Back to them. I can only imagine what this poor cat went through. Oh, my goodness. He probably impregnated a a few uh, dames out there on the streets. You know he had a little romp or two. He probably has Mm -hmm. some unfathered children walking around out there. I'm just saying. I think most Tomcats do. Yeah. They're, they're no not more, notorious. I don't they're want pretty, a label. But, but they're pretty notorious for being absent fathers. They are. <laughs> I see those free kitten signs all the time. Yes. Okay. 
Yes, we do. As a species, cats are not well known. They're not committed to their children. They're not. Okay, so back to the story. Yes. Um, (laughs) So Cecil Ward fully cooperated with the police, telling them everything that he knew about the Pattersons. He described William as being boisterous and extravagant, but really kind. However, Cecil Ward did tell all the details, including an event that had happened about a month earlier when they were in Mexico together, William and Cecil, and William had gotten drunk in Jerez, Mexico, and picked a fight with a waiter. Now, Amber, be ready for it. All right, I'm ready. The reason he picked a fight with the waiter is because the waiter refused to serve his 20-year-old mistress, (gasps) Estefana Arroyo Morfe. So why wouldn't he serve? I am not sure. I don't know. I didn't get the information on that. I don't know if the waiter, you know, was... I, I don't know. Like, they were being rude. Because or like, she's 20, he's 52. But this he's clearly very open about his mistress, Estefana Arroyo. Uh-huh. Because he's, I mean, he's got his buddy and his property in Mexico, and they're taking his mistress out to dinner. So it's like, right? he's not, not hiding it. Not secretive about yeah, it. No, not at all. So this little hot toddy. She lived in Jerez, Mexico, and she was interviewed by police after Ward had, like, spilled the beans about, by the way. There's this mistress. She got, he got himself a little mistress. You know, younger, probably will do things that his wife won't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. One can only assume. But Estefano was like, yeah, I saw him in the early morning hours of March 6th, the day after he was last seen in El Paso. And he told her that he had some important things to tell her and that, quote, when they come for me, I'll have to go in a hurry, end quote. That's what she originally tells the police. Later, she totally recants her statement. And we don't know why. Huh. What thickens? The plot like my soup thickens. I am so many things going through my head. Like, did, did the wife find out? Did the mistress find out? There's so much more because even more strange on March 15th. Now, remember, they went the the now the last known person to have seen them, even though she actually recants it, is Mistress Hot Toddy over here. Right. On March 6th. So March 15th, the Patterson's accountant, Herbert Roth, got a telegram. Remember telegrams? I do. It was like an official message. Instead of getting something sliding into his DMs, he just got a telegram with instructions on how to manage the couple's assets and their business. The telegram was called into a Western Union Center office in Dallas from a payphone near the Love Field Airport. And it was signed W.H. Patterson. Which William's initials were, because I had told you his middle name of Durrell earlier. So his initials were actually W.D. Patterson. So why is this telegram signed W.H. Patterson? Giving all kinds of instructions on here's what to do with our assets. Here's what to do with our business. Oh. Now, Roth was told to cancel the hotel reservations that the couple had made in Washington, D.C. See, they had actually planned to attend a National Photographers Association, like, thing, uh-huh. event in Washington, D.C. later, like, that spring. So the telegram was like, yeah, go ahead and cancel those, rent out our home for nine months, sell, they owned a um, mobile home, too. Okay. Sell the mobile home. Use the money from the sale of the mobile home to continue to support the store. And also, speaking of the store, I want you to appoint a new manager, and I want that manager to be Doyle Kirkland. Because, you know, since he owns the competing store, he already knows how to run a photo store. And he's our friend, so why not him? Right? Right. This is all just so odd. odd. Yeah, odd would be. We're so on the right same page here. That is a little bit strange right i i would say so and it's even more strange that like he is being instructed on okay so here comes doyle again doyle kirkland again with he supposedly was the person that was instructed to take the cadillac to the wards and he's now gonna take over their store so the telegram seemed to offer promising promising leads but it also like made more of a mystery 
For starters, it was ordered over the phone, meaning that there was no handwritten original existed. So anyone could have placed that call to the Western Union office in mm-hmm. Dallas. Like that's the, you know, a big problem. Business associates of the couple told authorities that William and Margaret left for an extended vacation to Florida and later sent word that they wouldn't be returning. So I'm like, okay, that's all I could find. Business associates. Like what business associates? Are these yeah, who people are from these the people? Pho- they <laughs> own a Photoshop. Right. Or uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like how many people would could yeah, you possibly so like, what have? Yeah, what are these business associates, right? But they were talking to everybody and anybody about the case, of course. Even more crazy, the Patterson's lawyer get, got a letter after they disappeared dated May 29th, 1957. It was postmarked from Laredo, Texas with no return address. And the letter said that William and Margaret were leaving the country, would not be returning, and gave instructions on how William wanted his business and other properties disposed of. Like, sell it all. Somebody so set this up. Right? The more interesting thing is that in these instructions to his lawyer, okay, here's what I want you to do with my business. Here's what I want you to do with my property. Remember, he had a boat. He had property in Mexico and in El Paso. He had stock in a boat company. All of that is included. And none of it is being left to relatives. It is all being left to, which there were still relatives alive. Um, William's father and sister were still living at the time and would have been like the logical familial heirs of uh-huh. everything. William left one quarter shares of his business each to Herbert Roth, which was his accountant, Doyle Kirkland, and their 24-year-old employee, Arthur Moreno. The remaining quarter of the business was to be divided among among William's other employees that they had of, of this in is Patterson. So, uh, it's like no family was considered. No. Moreno, the 24-year-old employee, Moreno, was given the Patterson's house and furniture, and Kirkland got their, Doyle Kirkland, got their vacation cabin, tools, boats, and William's Cadillac. Mm-hmm. This is so, this has a um, Skylar de Leon feel, but yeah. maybe a little bit more clean and, you know, more well uh, thought I, out. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say. But, oh, so this is so weird. The letter to, to the lawyer was typewritten and the, and the handwritten signature read W.D. Patterson. So this time it's got the right initials because the original one that came into the accountant said W.H. Patterson. So whoever did it was probably like, crap. Oh, crap. His middle name's a D, not an H. Uh-huh. Damn it. I needed my spectacles. <laughs> no kidding. Mm-hmm. I, I bet you that was just a mistake. Handwriting experts compared the signature with known samples of William's writing. And although it was similar, they found several discrepancies and said that they couldn't be sure whether or not he'd signed the letter or not. The document, though, that was sent to the lawyer had no value because Margaret co-owned William's business, had not signed it, and William's signature had not been witnessed. Oh, so they're like, sorry. So she, anything that she didn't also co-own couldn't couldn't be divided the way that the letter specified. Because they didn't have her mm-hmm. signature. Which, why didn't they have her signature? Yeah. Isn't that odd? An inquest was brought together, okay, during the investigation. So basically an inquest meaning that they are holding a court hearing to ask people questions, kind of do like this, well, just like it says, do an inquest, have people testify about what they know to try to wrap their brain around all these facts, right? One witness testified at the inquest that he had lied to friends and said that he'd been in touch with William in June 1957. And he said that he'd done that because William asked him, if I am ever to disappear, make it sound like I'm all right and that I would return soon. So his friend does that for him until the point of no return comes. And he's like, yeah, I I heard from him in June. Then it's like time keeps going on. Like, no, I I'm, I really didn't hear from him in June. I have no idea where the hell uh-huh. he is because he's not returning like he said he would. Like he's like, William told me to make it sound like he's fine and he'll be returning soon. Well, he's not returning. So now I'm just going to tell you the truth. I lied. I didn't really see him in June. Yeah, or hear from him, excuse me, in June. Now, William's father also flew down to testify at the inquest and stated that his son, quote, made his living doing sleight of hand tricks, end quote, and had taken off before. He claimed that he had expected the couple to disappear and thought that they were alive. Like this came as no shock to William's really? father. So they mm-hmm. see, I was I was kind of leaning more toward him 
disappearing. Oh, mm-hmm. and leaving, you know, her, right. maybe taking care of her. Right. That's one of my th- things floating around. Well, he was a carnival worker. You you can't he, trust a carnival the, the, barter. The Is that what it was? Barker. Barker. Yeah. You yeah. can't trust a carnival barker. I, I get that's kind of where his dad's coming from. Like he's made his living doing sleight of hand tricks. I so, like that description. Sleight mm-hmm. of hand tricks. I did too. They did contact all of Margaret's six siblings that lived in the Midwest, and they were not helpful in the investigation because, frankly, they thought she had died 20 years before. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, no kidding. Her her parents were probably like, she's still alive? Mm -hmm. Or she was still alive? Yep. Wow. Isn't that sad? It really is. oh, shit. Margaret. Margaret. Yeah. Yeah. Where is that old bird? Our daughter that we abandoned. Right. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So Doyle Kirkland testified at the inquest that he had been woke up in the middle of the night on March 5th, early morning of March 6th, by a call from someone claiming to be William, who said that he and Margaret were going away for a while. And he's like, but I admit, I was so sleepy when I answered the phone that I really can't be sure whose voice it really was. So now he's like, wait, originally I was told they're going on vacation, so I need to take their Cadillac into Cecil Ward's to have a few things fixed. Right. Now, uh, wait, I've, I got this mysterious phone call. I'm not really sure if it really was him or not. Kirkland, you sound suspicious. I was just going to say, there's all kinds of shadiness yes. around him. And the Patterson's lawyer testified at the inquest about the letter that he had received. Several witnesses had come forward and said that they saw the Pattersons outside of Mexico City in the years after their disappearance, which they did have. They were familiar with Mexico. They had property in Mexico. Sheriff Bob Bailey tracked down a few hotel workers in Valadel Bravo and showed them photographs. The workers identified the Pattersons as the couple who had stayed at the hotel for several months in 1957. I just don't know if I believe it because what about Tommy? I know. Who can just leave their caviar cat? Exactly. He like was eating that. caviar, and then he was left to fend for himself. I don't know. So, and, and despite the hotel workers being like, yeah, that couple stayed here for several months, there's no record of the Pattersons having stayed, and no no one had signed the register, nothing like that. Like, there wasn't physical proof that they had been there, really. On March 27, 1964, the Pattersons were officially declared dead, but... In 1984, the case was reopened. Now, remember, it was 1957 that they went missing. Yeah. They're declared declared dead in 64. And then in 1984, the case is reopened after a witness came forward and said that he had been hired to clean the Patterson's home after they went missing and found blood around and underneath the water heater in the garage and a piece of human scalp stuck in a propeller of William's boat oh my he also found a pair of jeans with a rolex watch watch that william patterson always wore and he said that he also saw one of the patterson's associates take blood-stained sheets out of the home and put them in the trunk of a car the witness said that he didn't come forward sooner because he was an undocumented immigrant and that he didn't want any attention to come to him by the authorities Which I get it. Then, weirdly enough, after giving this statement to the police, he died in a car accident two years (gasps) later. Stop. Yeah. But what he was said, what he said was still on file and this, his account has never been confirmed. There was no way for them to confirm it. He was hired to clean the place. So they never found like that evidence of any kind. No, he had cleaned it up. He was hired to clean. Yeah. Okay. So he saw it and was just like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right? Chills. And he'd been hired by an associate of them. Again, with these associates. Here's some of the aftermath. After After several years had passed without hearing from his son or daughter in law, William's father changed his mind and said, I think they're dead. Because remember, when he testified at the inquest, he was like, hey, they do slight, he does slight of hand tricks. He most definitely, they're still alive. I expected them to disappear and they're still alive. Well, now he's like, I actually haven't heard from them and that's uh, weird. So yeah, I do think they're dead. So he's kind of changing 
the story a little mm-hmm. bit. Yep. Okay. Now you'll appreciate this, and I had to include it only because only for you. After their disappearances, it was rumored that the Patterson Piedmont Drive residence was haunted. I am not surprised. Uh-huh. Yep. Apparently, there was like you could hear stuff coming from their house, and there shouldn't have been. Like, no, it was unoccupied, and you can hear things. And it was it's interesting. A whole big thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe because they were wrongfully murdered in the perhaps, house. Perhaps we kind of raised some suspicion earlier over Doyle. Kirkland, you know, who was like the compete, he's the friend, yeah. but he's the competing, he's a friend, but competing business owner, everything, practically everything was left to him. And that those telegrams seemed suspicious, of course, that were like, hey, yeah, Doyle will handle everything. No further evidence concretely linked him to the disappearance. And by the 1960s, so this happened in 1957, by the 1960s, Kirkland left El Paso entirely and the police lost track of him. He has to be filing his taxes. How are the police losing track of yes. him? Yes. Like, no one, this like, is like the IRS just... knows where everyone is. Like, how are you losing track of him? Yeah, if you don't pay your taxes, like, they're going to find you. Right, right. Let's get into the theories because okay, there's yeah, one that I I am them. really it, it's titillating to me and I think that it has some weight. That's a good word. I love that word. Titillating. Any word that has tit in it, you yeah, know I'm going to use a good, it. A good word. <laughs> the major theory here is that the Pattersons were spies, pop possibly for the Russians. Now, the spy theory gained attraction in 2009 when El Paso County Sheriff Leo Ooh, Sam Inigo was interviewed for like doing a retrospective on the case. Uh-huh. And he reported, he told reporter Diana Washington Valdez that he believed the Pattersons had been spies because of how quickly they'd vanished and that there were accounts from witnesses that were documented and are still in the file today that says people saw William Patterson taking photos of Fort Bliss and of military shipments on various that were on military shipments that were on various trains. Now, at first when I first read this, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of dumb, whatever." But think about this. How convenient would it be to be undercover as a spy and own a Photoshop? I was just going to say and they were so well off, not to say right. that you can't be exactly. successful, but I mean, I don't know how to much to have all those assets. Yeah. On a photo business own when you're not even the only one in the town to to it live that way, to live a fur coat caviar yeah. cat life seems that seems a little extravagant to I me, agree especially with you. when you you came from more of a poverty stricken background. So it's not an inheritance right. that you're living off you, of. Your right? parents aren't like giving you money, right. so where would it have come from? And there's this whole time lapse between after these two meet that no one knows what they did. So, well, also the the whole nobody knew them deeply. No, it was just like right. surface friendships that seemed like. Right. From from a young age until through their adulthood, there's there's no one that really knows any of the nitty-gritty or that can be like, yeah, I was there when they met or yeah. you know, any th- this is like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith situation. We have it, got yes. Brad and Angelina <laughs> right here with their snooty cat. Yes, with their their cat that ends up having to slum it. He had to go Poor undercover Tommy. himself. Tommy is the victim in all of <laughs> he this. He really is. Or think about this. What if it was just William that was a spy and Margaret was collateral damage? That's kind of, my mind went there kind of with, like, maybe he was involved in making her disappear, and then Mm -hmm. he successfully did pull off disappearing. I don't know. Right. Maybe. Oh, my goodness. So I like the spy theory because of how fast everything went down and the fact that there is literally no leads of no one had a vendetta against them, unless you think about, what about the mistress? Did she have him offed because he wouldn't leave his right. wife? Or did he have the wife off, offed so that they could leave together? That crossed my mind. It's I like, mean, okay, maybe William, he wanted to be with her. Right. And- did William kill Margaret so that he could go with his uh, too hot to trot toddy down there in Old Mexico? I don't know. There's so many things. It's just amazing to me that there's there are some things that are just odd with some of the people surrounding them, like... 
rival business owner, his explanation with the vehicle, and it, it's just right. like there's some odd things. Yes, there's, and that's the other theory of like, okay, Kirk, Doyle Kirkland is the obvious suspect here, right? But at the same token, if you're the one that murders him, are you really the one leaving all of his stuff? Like, are you going to cast that suspicion onto yourself? Are you that dumb right. that you're going to murder him just so you can get his photo business and all of his assets, but you're going to openly leave them to you? I mean, maybe, hell, what was that case that you just referenced a little while ago? Skylar DeLeon. Yes. Yeah. It does Skylar is dumb enough to do that. So, I mean. And it was immediately suspicious, but that's right. along the lines of what they did is have, you know, oh, well, he signed everything over to me. But then, but using the wrong initials? It, yes. And well, then, you know. That's, that we saw that with the, with that case too. Yes, she had signed she wrong. Pers- yeah, she purposely did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they lose track of Doyle. So. I mean, maybe he successfully did disappear. Or if they are spies, did Russia make him disappear? I don't know. Yeah. It is and, really suspicious uh, that why, they lost track of him completely. And why did the, um, again, I I would like to, pl- I'm playing into the spy theory because it's it's titillating, like I said. It's, but it's so titillating. Is that why the mistress redacted her statement? Or, excuse me, recanted her statement? Because after she was contacted by someone scary... After she gave her statement and after the witness who was an undocumented immigrant, Mm -hmm. he lives for over like dang near 30 years past the incident and then gives his, tells his story to police and then he's in a car accident and and dies. Yes, that is another thing that's suspicious is that it seems like the people that do come forward are... They either recant or they're gone. Yes, so that wouldn't make me wonder too if it wasn't some kind of like government involvement. Yes, like spy. Like, oh, shit. you're gonna try to open yeah. this back up, right? We don't think so. I mean, think about how Mr. and Mrs. Smith's house blew up in just a matter of minutes, right? Like, what if somebody came upon them? They were discovered. They had an, an altercation with them and had to piece the heck out of there and then have their associates go and clean up the mess which i just want to say for the record too like i'm cool with it being the spies we're not going to look into it not at all um, no nope. that's fine it sure is we're not on to anything yeah we support that we, um yes <laughs> i'm uh, over here getting paranoid like <laughs> it's totally it's fine totally if it's fine. russian spies yeah we, I we love, love vodka. them. Yeah. <laughs> Your potatoes are fantastic. Yes. yes. Okay, we're not, do not love come starchy after foods. Yes. I love them. Absolutely. And, and native language is beautiful. So beautiful. It doesn't sound at all like you're hacking anything it, up. It's amazing. It's not like a dry heave in the middle of a conversation. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So I do want to tell you there are some more speculations. So they do think like maybe they're just straight up kidnapped. Okay. For unsavory reasons. Okay. No reason. Just somebody's. They just decided to up and leave and start a new life somewhere else. Then there's the spy reason. They were met with foul play for some unknown reason. Um, He killed her intentionally or accidentally and left town. She killed him intentionally or accidentally and left town. This is my favorite. They were abducted by UFOs. Oh, there we go. That is a legit documented speculation of this case. I love that they came up with that. Like It was was, aliens. It was the aliens. What else could it be, people? If it's not the Russians, it's the aliens. I mean, they literally did disappear. So Yes, just poof, poof. And, And it doesn't seem like they got very far at all with this. Like they have some no. theories, but there, I mean, yep. there's literally nothing. No, no They don't no have evidence. any suspects. No. I mean, they have a few, like, but nothing solid. Right, right. You know, like I said, Doyle Kirkland seemed to be the most reasonable, but they had nothing concrete to charge him with anything. Nothing. And so they never could trace back, like, the signing of those documents. No, there's to no, anybody. no, no, there's no fingerprints. There's no, there's no nothing. There's no nothing. There ain't Ma- nothing. Mama, I'm so sorry about you raised me better than this. That was horrible. No, there is literally nothing that they can go on. And then a dude comes forward and is like, yeah, I was completely hired to clean that place up. I feel like either one of them did the documents themselves. But like you said, without her signature, they had nothing. So either somebody didn't know that and they were thinking like, oh, it's in his name. Well, you know, 
because I, I feel like if it was one of them, they and they were trying to fake something, they would have known that they needed her signature. Yeah, you, exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So it's like I feel like there was an outside source involved mm-hmm. in this somehow, but they made a mistake, right? And. It's probably but like the, an intern first day on yeah. the, the <laughs> like job. I was told to do this. Right. So like, oh, sign this real quick and uh, send it on to post, be postmarked from this place. Or and was it their business associates that? Right. Yeah. But the question is, why if, did they just want the business assets? Like, I'm is that telling a, you? I think they were spies for some other country. It's the fifties. That was uh, spies were everywhere. It's true. And, like, no one ever thinks about if they're really deep undercover, what then happens when they go back to their country and they're no longer spot? It's shit like this, Amber, where we're just like, where'd the <laughs> Pattersons go? Yes. And why is Tommy the cat left here no longer being fed caviar? Poor Tommy and all of this. My, know. you know, I just feel so bad for R. him. R.I.P. Tommy. And, again, it's fine if it was russian spies it's totally fine we're just wondering what like where do you go i hope you know i hope they were spies and i hope they carried on and lived a very safe happy life together for sure but also going more onto the spy theory as well maybe that's why margaret didn't give a shit that william old billy bob there had himself a little side piece because maybe they weren't really even an actual real couple you know that's a good point Maybe she had herself a little pool boy. She could cabana boy or something. Absolutely, with a nice, tasteful banana hammock. The, I hope she did. Yeah. Well, you said he didn't keep it really a secret that he had this no, mistress. Wasn't, it wasn't like he was wasn't hiding the mistress from his buddies. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, there are plenty of men that are like that, though. Sure. Their group of friends know all about their extracurricular activities, but it's like, don't tell the wife. Sure, sure. Until the buddy gets drunk, tells his wife, and then that woman's like, "Uh -uh. like, oh, no, honey. (laughs) Let me call uh, Margaret right now. That's right. I mean. Oh, my goodness. There's just, this is interesting. And Pia, thank you for this case recommendation. Because I want to to continue to fall down the rabbit hole, but unfortunately, we're ground bottom here. Uh, There is no more information. Crazy stuff. Wow. I'm going to speculate this the rest of the day. I know. I'll be texting you at 3 a.m. and like, (laughs) I've got it. This, this is what happened. In. I know <laughs> what happened. It was actual. Whose scalp? Whose scalp is on the propeller? Exactly. Yeah. Why was there a need to scalp someone and, with a propeller? And if, if. Also very effective, by the way. <laughs> Kudos to whoever thought of that. Very thorough. Yes. If you came forward with that information 30 years later, you said? Was it 30? Well, 57 to 84. Okay. So almost 30 years. So if you, but if you're coming forward with that and you held it that long, I feel like nobody would randomly just like, I'm going to make this up. Like that may, like something stuck with him. Right. Probably eating him alive for a long time. And he finally had to say something because- I mean, maybe thought enough time had passed and he was in the clear or that now that he's a documented. He needed to get it off of his chest. Yep. To me, like nobody's sitting around like, gosh, I'm bored. I am going to call the police and tell them I found part of a scalp today. Yep. You know? And there was, and that I saw someone carrying out bloody sheets. Exactly. So it's kind of like, I feel like something happened, whether it was them like they knew too yeah. much and they had to be taken care of. Because it's also just like a very random thing to be like, well, I found blood underneath the water heater. Just a piece of human human scalp, yeah. no big deal on the propeller. NBD, exactly. I wonder if that boat was still around. It's too bad they couldn't like. Well, it was given the Kirkland inherited the boat. Yeah. What if it was Kirkland that hired the undocumented immigrant to clean up? We need to find that boat. I'm wondering where Kirkland is. Uh, no kidding. Oh my goodness. Oh, probably dead now. But this is gonna get. Just saying. This one's. This is just. What if Kirkland was working for the Americans and found out that they were working for another country? Oh. And then was like, you're like, you're busting in on my spy business. I'm busting on yours. There's only room for one Photoshop yeah. spy in this <laughs> There could town. only be one. <laughs> yes. Wow. There's so many ways I could go with this for I know, sure. I know. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. Just a little something it different. It was good, yeah. 
for us. And it's way to spice it up a little you know, bit. Crime, mysterious and crimey all at the same time. Oh, I definitely think it's crimey mm-hmm. for sure. There, there is no clean explanation for this. No, no. So in light of our love stinks, I found a brain bath that is most definitely has to do with couples, marriage. How appropriate. I do not know how cleansing. It's <laughs> more disturbing okay. than cleansing, but I think we're all going to get a chuckle out of it just to say like, Wow. Okay. Gotcha. The title is Nurse Mailed Poop, Bloody Feminine Products to Husband's Ex-Wife in Tennessee, (laughs) the feds say. No shit. This is from... This woman is angry. Wow. This is from June 23rd, 2021. Oh, so a fresh story. A fresh story with a fresh poop (laughs) right in the mailbox. Oh my gosh. Please proceed. It's on the charlotteobserver.com. A 37-year-old nurse is accused of using the U.S. Postal Service to send poop and a bloody sanitary napkin to her husband's ex-wife in Tennessee, according to federal court documents. What a terrible misuse of the U.S. Postal Service. Right? How dare you? You realize that all of those postal workers had to handle they that biohazard. They all touched it. Oh. Della Marie Gibson Latham. Yes, she has four names. That's why we don't trust her. <laughs> was charged with two counts of sending, oh, biohazardous material. See, there we I go. was not wrong. Through the mail in a criminal complaint filed June 9th. Latham is from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and worked as a nurse at Park West Medical Center in Knoxville. Notice I said worked. A postal inspector with the U.S. Postal Inspection, Inspect, uh, Inspection Service said in the complaint, that Latham no longer works at the medical center oh, in Knoxville. I'm, I am Knoxville. shocked. Mm-hmm. According to the complaint, Latham sent a, quote, soft package. I hate a soft package. <laughs> just, no matter what the topic, soft package, If it's no good. soft, I'm not touching it. Uh-uh. Nope. Oh, fuck, I love this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So she sent it on April 5th with feces inside. Okay. Okay. Four days later, on April 9th, the postal inspector said that she mailed an envelope with a human blood-stained feminine napkin. So she sent the poop first, the and poop then she's like, first, "No, that I, wasn't. I need more. That wasn't enough." Yes. Now, now um, I will take my tampon out, and, and here's where it gets. Oh no, that's what you'd like to think, right? Oh, bold, bold of me to assume it is because oh, Amber. Oh, I don't will you tell, tell you me that, where this, I just had a thought. I bet you're figuring out uh, where it came yes. from. Yes. I will tell you the feces belong to a dog. Okay. But, which that poor dog is just doing its business. You know, how dare She's you? She's out there with a little baggie scooping it yep. up. But the blood was from a patient at the hospital that she worked I knew at. You were going. So she went into the, ba- she probably went into the disposal uh, can you know? Or since she was a nurse, maybe had to help. It was from an elderly patient. <gasps> so <gasps> when she is helping this poor elderly patient, she's, she's like, like, you know oh. what? I know what to do with this. Throw it away. Nay, nay. Oh my God! Send it to my husband's ex-wife, honey. Wow. The key word here is ex. Like. First of all, all you're doing right now when you're sending these things is confirming to the woman that she made the right choice by divorcing your husband. (laughs) Because clearly, if he sees something endearing in you, he's probably fucked up too. Right. Wow. Yes. She... Talk about revenge. And here's the thing. She admitted investigators interviewed Latham at her workplace on April 19th. She at first denied them, the allegations, but then she, <laughs> then she admitted it. But this is why, because she wanted to show the kids the truth about her ex-husband's wife. Oh, Honey, all you showed them is your level of crazy. I don't know. Are we? Do we think crazy or do we think hero here? <laughs> it depends on you if don't you mess like with me and my man. No, well, I I don't know what kids like. 
she she is saying that she wanted to show the kids the truth about her husband's ex-wife. So what the kids they shared together? Because the kids of the world, like right. who are we talking <laughs> the about? The Sesame Look, Street kids. audience. Who whose kids? Listen, kids, this is why you don't get married. Uh, okay, it gets more. It gets even better. Oh boy. Latham claimed that her reason was that the ex-wife was lazy, didn't work, and lived off the system, and that Latham worked hard for everything that she had. What a what a way to get someone motivated. Okay. Like she needs to get a job. So So in other words, she's fallen on hard times, is probably collecting assistance and asking for child support because that's what happens when kids oh, are involved in divorce. Yeah, yeah. And she don't like it. So she gonna send her some human or some dog feces in a poor innocent woman's menstrual cycle? I don't know where what the message was. Like, hey, get a job. Get a job. Here's I got some this from shit mine. And blood. <laughs> yeah, I guess what I found from I did, my job. That's true. Because I work a dog shit on the clinic's yard, and I picked it up. And this tampon from my poor was patient a client. Oh my gosh, that I is work. So gross. This is how hard I work for our money that we have to give some to you because you, my husband, has to pay child support for the children that he bore with her. Right? Who? Who? has the capacity to think that even like like you said like you know she sees the bloody uh napkin and is like mm, this is what this I'll do this reminds me of my husband's ex-wife oh, I think I'm gonna send it to her I can't so there's even more you just you just let me keep going <laughs> oh, yes okay. please proceed now she had also sent a letter to her that said I'm I'm sorry but uh, you know, I'm, I am literally just reading this as we go. I didn't get this far. I saw the title and was like, bingo, We've got this it. is my brain bath. So forgive me for not knowing all of the deets until right but front of, in front of your no, eyes right now. Okay. But she had wrote a letter to one of, the, of her stepchildren, okay, that said, you are poor white trash faking a fancy life and your mom is broke and lazy and won't pay her bills. Oh, see, that so just makes me mad. It's like, literally, you are. Why calling, are you so you are worried acting, about acting trash? You are a garbage person trying to accuse this woman of being a garbage person. Like, you don't see her writing nasty letters and sending feces and blood in the mail. Yeah. And then you're you're saying this about someone's oh mom. Oh my gosh. And she also vandalized the ex-wife's car in a high school parking lot during a student banquet in March, causing more than $1,000 in damages. And she admitted to that too. So this oh my bitch gosh, girl, be you crazy. need to deal with your issues. Like this is from March. So in March she vandalized the car, and then in April she starts abusing the postal system <laughs> completely uh, for her own disgusting. I bet the postal workers were like, oh, so scarred you know, after that for sure. And unfortunately, after you know, handling they, the soft package, the soft, the couple of soft packages. Everyone is scarred after handling a soft package, they Amber. They are. Oh, gosh. It was probably small, too. No, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I Yuck. kid. Uh, so they, wow. You're right. I is. feel dirty. Yes. Not not clean. But at the same time, do you feel slightly more sane? Because I, I do. Like I feel better about be, myself. This should be our our bar that we've now set for like when we're texting with, with each other and we're like, is it okay if I'm saying this? Or is this okay? I'm thinking this. Our bar is going to you be, be like, Wait, this bitch remember? with four names. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's pull her damn name up again. It'd be like, are you more crazy than Della Marie Gibson Latham? Yeah. And I will remind you by just saying like, listen, remember the soft package. Absolutely. Yes. Like, Life is good. If you're you're doing fine, if you are above the soft package, yep. remember that soft package, yep. guys. Mm -hmm. You have a lot to be thankful for. You do. You do. We always end on such an inspirational <laughs> note, and that is yours for today. I try to absolutely. So, all right, keep listening even yes, after all that. Please stay with us after <laughs> all do. of this. And, My uh, case was also horrifying, yes. so please come back. Right. Well, we'll hit, we'll hit you up next week with some more Something goodies. Way worse, I'm sure, probably. And oh. although it won't be a soft package, I'll tell you that. No, no, it won't. So uh, yeah, follow us. 
Message us case suggestions, crimecurious at yahoo.com or on our socials. And uh, until next time, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, keep it curious, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, bye-bye. All right, bye. <laughs>